Hey, welcome back to the show. We took a two-week break, but we are excited to be bringing you this episode in which we talk almost exclusively about our favorite baseball team, the Atlanta Braves, making it to the World Series. This episode was recorded on a Tuesday morning. That is before Game 1, so we... Just a spoiler warning, we accurately predicted a Game 1 victory for the Atlanta Braves. Got it down to the box score and everything, and who was going to be going to be the winning pitchers. Yeah, it's awesome. You got to listen ahead for all that. But uh, yeah, we're also going to talk a little, just a teensy bit of college football at the end. We're going to talk about Coach O getting fired at LSU. And uh, we'll probably talk about, you know, I know we talk about Georgia, Florida a little bit and some other cool things. Anyway, I'm done talking. You're going to start listening to this episode. That is a polite request, not a command. Yeah, here you go. Here's the theme song. Bonjour and welcome to Let Them Eat Takes, sports podcast for the Outrage Era. Jonathan, let's uh, uh, go with oh. Scotty. Wait, where am I? Where 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 have we been? Is I'm it is still Friday? Uh, still Justin, Friday? You're, you're still in your mom's basement. Oh, cool. Good <laughs> job. I was worried that I might have gotten a job and my own insurance and got my life together. <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking baseball. A lot of baseball, not as much college football because Los Bravos are in the World Series against the Houston assholes. Uh, they can't uh, hear you chopping. Uh, 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 I taught Mateo how to chop, and it's very cute. Uh, Are you chopping? You, ch- you sound like a dog uh, chopping. That is that is Chipper Jones when he's been at the he's twelve cores lights deep at the chop house after <laughs> Eddie Rosario home run baby. Um, this that's just good coaching right there. <laughs> that's just good coaching right there. Um, well, the Braves beat the Dodgers in six games. Sorry, I heard I heard the Dodgers lost. Yeah, the the Dodgers lost because it's very hard being a team with so many good players and one or two of them get hurt. Two hundred sixty million dollars not enough to uh, account for those injuries. You only had two Cy Young people instead of three, which is you know it's hard. You only had. Two MVPs instead of three. A lot of people think Muncie is going to win MVP. That's why I say that. I don't know if he will or not, but but he had an MVP caliber season and he was hurt. And so they're like, oh, Muncie wasn't there. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you'll have Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts. It must be so hard for you. It's so hard because ooh, they fed our our press Waffle House at tur- at the Truist Park and. <laughs> We lost Josh Turner, and we didn't have Clayton Kershaw, even though he's a little past his prime. Oh, the Braves didn't do anything cool. <laughs> what is this voice? 
It's I don't, I don't, is that what you, what it sounds like? Isn't that what happens to your voice if you just eat soy instead of meat for every meal? <laughs> Ooh, soy boy joke. Got him. All right. So sorry, I got a fact. <laughs> Are people really pushing Max Muncy for MVP? I heard they got some some MVP recognition for what he, he did. Should, he should not finish in the top ten. He should fit, no, okay. Finishing the top ten. I I didn't think he would win it, but I thought he would at least be top three, top five. No, he hit two fifty with thirty five home runs. Like that's I mean, fine. they're probably just looking at the home runs. And he's in LA, so you know it's gonna be like Yeah, he I mean, should have finished in the top ten. No. But you tell that to those Dodgers journalists. I mean, that's a absolutely tough... insane. Just put yourself in their shoes. What do you do? Like you, everybody has like you have the biggest payroll in baseball. You have all these all-star players, and you just got outed by a team that didn't even get to ninety wins in the regular season. What are you supposed to tell the fans? Do you tell them like, well, I guess the money wasn't that well spent after all? No, you tell them, I'm sorry, this team is coached by an idiot. We'll try to find a non-idiot to line up our pitching better. Because that's what happened. Their pitching wasn't lined up correctly. I still think we probably would win, but maybe not. I don't know. Man, their pitching management was so bad. Well, I have seen that on Twitter in the last 48 hours where because I think Dave Roberts is maybe up for a contract extension and some of their fans are thinking, do we really need to extend this guy or is it time for some new, some new blood? If I were a Dodgers fan, I'd be like, new blood. All right, I take it back. There's an argument for Max Muncy to maybe crack the top 10 National League MVP voting. As long as you believe that pitchers are not eligible for the MVP, then Max Muncy did finish 10th amongst position players once you exclude pitchers in war. So basically, nowhere near the top. There is absolutely no case you can make for him being MVP. Well. Insane. Wouldn't it wouldn't have been the first thing the the pundit the LA pundits got wrong. But he but he wears blue and he's got LA on his forehead and that counts for something. Right? Correct. Who is I'm just I'm I don't I don't I haven't been keeping up with the MVP stuff. Who is kind of leading in that bracket right now? It well, is a little cool. bit open year. Yeah, a lot of people said Bryce Harper. But Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis. Tatis. You could make an Austin Riley argument if you wanted to. Those are three of the guys, yeah, they get a lot of mention. Um, Trey Turner. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's been a little bit of like Austin Riley and Freddie Freeman might get like a a few random votes here or there, but like Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley and Ozzy Albies all had like similar value seasons to Max Muncy, mm-hmm. which is like good, but not really MVP level years. Uh, Ronnie was on play on pace to be the clear MVP winner this year, and he got hurt, so. He would have at least been like one of the top three, if not a clear 
winner, but I, I say the clear winner because those other players were on bad teams. Mm. So it would have been Ronnie and two or three other guys that had good stats, but he would have been the player on a winning team, so he would have got it. Yeah, uh, Ronnie. Yeah, about all those, Ronnie. What about all those Braves players that were totally healthy? Like him and Soroka. Yeah, like the guy that would have won the MVP and yeah. like the guy that uh, was your number one pitcher. Right, right. It makes no sense. I guess it's... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to finish what I was saying about how mismanaged the Dodgers pitching was compared to how well I thought Snicker managed the bullpen and the starters. Um. Because, like, I understand the Dodgers had to have the play-in game, which probably messed up their lineup, or excuse me, their rotation with the starters getting the rest they needed. But he also threw in Max Scherzer in, like, the final game of the San Francisco series to close it out, quote-unquote. When he has a really good bullpen, it's like, did you really need to, like, and so Scherzer comes in, does okay, and then he's like, oh, my arm's dead, and just doesn't pitch anymore. So my arm is dead and my eyes are two different colors now. Yeah. What the did you do to me, Urias. He threw Urias in randomly the, in relief. The Urias one was was the one that was real dumb for me. That yeah, was the one where I was like, that was stupid. I'll take it, but that was stupid. I mean, of course we'll take like it. The, the Scherzer <laughs> stuff is like, okay, basically have to throw him in the elimination game of the play-in. That does screw up your rotation. Boo-hoo, wah-wah, poor L.A. had to play in the play-in game. It's not like you got completely hosed by the refs when they hit a ball to the fence and called an infield fly and cost you the game. True. So, you know, really so sad for you having to play a game and not get screwed. Um, so that does really mess with things. Throwing Scherzer as the closer. It's game five of like this series. Like you have to win it. So at that point, I get being like, oh, we have to do this, even if it maybe costs us in the future. We'll worry about the future when we get there. The Urias one made no sense. Like, you're going to throw him in relief so that you can throw him as a starter three days later, and then he goes three innings. Oh, shocker. Mm-hmm. Like, you're already, like, cobbling together bullpen game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then... You're like, oh, we're going to do a bullpen game and then another bullpen game, and then we're going to throw our starter in relief so that it's effectively another bullpen game. Like, guys, your bullpen is good and your bullpen is deep, but you can't, you can't only throw your bullpen. You have to use your starters at some point. True. Yeah. Wild. And I contrast that to how, like, the Brave starters lined up pretty nicely. Beating Milwaukee the way we did kind of allowed you to have... Charlie Morton for that first road game, which and then it fast forward to the end of the Dodgers series. You don't, you beat him in six, don't have to use Charlie in game seven, so now Charlie starts on the road in Houston. It's just like works out really nicely. I thought. Like and, uh, allowing pitchers to pitch on four or five days rest instead of having to like bring well, back and, early. Yeah, and let's just, you know, positive scenario, right? Say they don't screw up the Urias thing and he actually gets to throw six or seven innings in his start. Mm. Then when you're counting on Scherzer for game six and his 
arm is tired or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you have the option of possibly saying, oh, let's cobble together a bullpen game and try and win it and save uh, Bueller for seven. That's true. Instead, that's not an option because you've wasted all your bullpen guys for no reason other than you got bored. And, <laughs> actually pretty accurate. And then, you, and then you have to move your starter up with no notice, and he goes like four innings, and you're right back in your bullpen anyway, right? Right. So there was there were a couple of moments there during the broadcast they would show the uh, the Dodgers dugout, and there was some guy with a notepad, and it had this chart color coded, and it's I could clearly clearly read that it said um, pitcher availability chart, and this guy kept on showing it, and Dave Roberts would just look at it for like two seconds, and he just look up. Like, I think there were people there maybe trying to steer the boat in a different direction, but, you know, El Jefe wasn't having it that day. But I don't know. It definitely towards the end, he, he, he kind of ran out of cards to play. You ever seen no. those experiments where, like, uh, they'll let mice have, like, a little button and it, like, allows, like, a little bit of morphine to be injected in their bloodstream every time they hit it? That's what it. That's what it looked like to me watching Dave Roberts hit the bullpen. Like, oh, give me some more of that. Oh, I need more. It's been a while. I need some more Gratterall. Gratterall. I need my bullpen fix. Gratterall sounds like medicine too. I got any more. Yeah, give me, give me a hit of that righty. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that righty warming up. I was so happy when he wasn't on the mound because he was just. I don't know. I don't. How do you hit a one hundred two fastball? But I tell you uh, what filled me with a uh, similar amount of dread was seeing Luke Jackson get on the mound for us. Yeah. Oh, Lukey boy. Yeah. So we did talk about uh, yeah. bad decisions of bullpen by Dave Roberts. Yeah. Choosing to throw Luke Jackson at that point in game six. No, I would not have done I, it either. I do not get it, especially because you're like, oh, he's in trouble. All right, let's just bring in the other guy. Why do you just start with the other guy in that's that true. area. Because oh, Luke just yes. blew it in, was it game four where he blew it or five? Uh, I think it was four. Four, where he gave up the Cody Bellinger. And I get it. Like, the Bellinger was just a good hit. It wasn't a bad pitch. It's not like it was serving him up. But, like, he was serving them up <laughs> game six when he came in. And I was like, you know, I'm not a manager, but I feel like maybe you kind of ease him in and don't put him in such a like an intense situation right away. Which you know how you do that in the playoffs, I don't know, but but like, yeah, I, I, it's not that I don't think. I think it would be naive. I think it's naive to think that Luke Jackson isn't going to pitch in the World Series. I think I, I think Snicker is going to put him in there. The question is, will the situation be the right situation to put Luke Jackson in? Or if he's just going to throw him in there, like, I'm going to trust my boy and put him in this intense, high leverage spot where you're just like, oh, crap, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's tough because uh, Snickers, <clears throat> I'm just going to trust my boy approach is like part of how you got there. Yeah. Even if we don't always like it. And it's like, okay, we well, want to talk about, you know, uh, Matzek being able to recover his career and be like outstanding all year. And some of that 
comes from the like I'm just gonna trust my boy manager approach and like you know helping instill confidence and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, it you know it's true. It's it's awesome when it works, and then there's gonna be times when it doesn't. Um. And there's sometimes it looks like this pitcher who's on the mound might be your illegitimate son, and you're just trying to give him his best shot in life as his secret dad. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, who's going to win the battle between the illegitimate son and the actual son? Is he going to put Luke Jackson out there so that his son, the hitting coach for the Astros, looks good? Isn't that crazy? That I can't, has that ever happened before? Wait, are you for real? Snickers' son is uh, the hitting. Yeah, Snickers' son is the oh hitting boy. coach. Oh boy! There was a nice. There was like it was a fun, cute press conference about it yesterday, where they were asking him like, which family members are going to wear which jerseys, and who's wearing Astros jerseys, and who's wearing Braves jerseys. And he was like, I think it's something like, like, well, my dad is a Braves manager, so. It's going to be more Braves jerseys than Astros jerseys. Something like that. It was like, there's not going to be no Astros jerseys, but it's going to be a lot of Braves. <laughs> Just because he is the dad. Um, I mean, it, as much as we're excited Luke Jackson is not throwing against the Dodgers anymore, nobody's more excited than Luke Jackson that he's not throwing against the Dodgers That's true. That uh, post-game interview was very, very interesting. He said as much. I, I actually was, it was like, they are my daddy. I'm like, hey, at least you admit it. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's no double speak or, or anything like that. Yeah, that was interesting. He's like, oh, if, you, if only you knew that Snicker was probably your secret dad. <laughs> also, uh, he, the one thing he said that was interesting was, well, we've, we haven't played the Astros really, so I guess we're going to be hitting some analytics and stuff. And I thought, doesn't Snitker hate analytics? Is that going to be the last thing he's going to do when trying to scout the Astros? Well, I do. Uh, yeah, yes, because he's a good old boy. Um, he is the old guy at the table and Moneyball's like, oh, look at his jawline. His girlfriend's a six at best. The girlfriend's a six at best. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, the what, what I was going to say was like in preparation for this, for the obviously World Series starts this evening. This is today's Tuesday. I'm already, I was already tired of it. I'm already tired of the whole like, like I think there was, I mean, Deadspin is kind of a stupid outlet anyway, but they put that article as like the two best teams aren't in the World Series. Wow. And I'm just like, spare me with this bull crap. I, they, they release that anytime there's like an underdog that makes the playoff and then they're always wanting to like, should we redo the playoffs? And I'm almost just like, I think it was, who was I listening to? This isn't my thought. This comes from somebody else. I can't remember who, but they were talking about how like, you know, they never say that about like nine and seven New York Giants or like eighty-eight win Yankees. Like if the if the underdog comes from a major market, that no one says anything. But as soon as the underdog comes from like a like a not a New York, Chicago, or LA, it's like, oh, we don't have the two best teams in the playoff. Yeah, they know they're they're just. I guess they would probably say, "Hey, I'm just writing to my market. Most most of my readers or viewers are in these cities." And and obviously gets your attention too because now you're mad that I just dissed on your team. Mm, so you mean just trying to keep your market or your base happy all the time isn't a good way to go through life? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what your profession is. I think the answer is kind of the same no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. 
I, I did think it was funny because there were some Giants fans on Twitter that were complaining about how their elimination was from the playoffs was handled by the media compared to how the Dodgers was treated. It was like, Giants, come up short again. Giants, eliminated. And Dodgers, heroic effort, but the Dodgers are now eliminated from the playoffs. And a lot of clap emojis and all that crap. Oh, you mean the same people that said, oh man, after the Giants-Dodgers series, this next series is going to be a walk in the park. I went back and rewatched all those YouTubes after we'd won. It was so nice. (laughs) Walk in the park, huh? Well, that's why the whole, like, we don't have the two best teams. I'm like, shut up. Like, we went to play the Brewers, and everyone's like, oh, this is the best pitching staff ever assembled, and we beat them. They played the murderers row of the Dodgers with their $260 million. And like, oh, they don't have a prayer. Dodgers just beat the Giants, and there's going to be cakewalk, and we beat them. It's like, and then, you know, everyone, anytime you, you say that, they're the most like, oh, but they won 100 and whatever games in the regular season. And it's like, well, then they should just get rid of playoffs and give the trophy to everyone the most games. I think the Braves would have had more trophies by now. <laughs> I know, right? Like, you can't <laughs> complain about the Braves making the World Series with a bad record and also you know, not not realize that you just want to give it to every 101 team, like, going backwards. That's a lot of time. I mean, the freaking Marlins, right? The Marlins. Ugh. Anyway, speaking of Dodgers and Giants, did y'all see that Alex Wood tweet who plays for Giants, formerly played for LA? Yeah, um, formerly played so for the Braves, pretty good. right? Yeah, yeah played, played for the Braves, play. played at Georgia, played a lot of places. So Relevant for this playoffs, I guess. But he had a tweet that said, uh, also, just because you played Major League Baseball doesn't mean you know anything at all, so don't get it twisted. Some of the smartest people I've ever met in baseball never played a single game professionally or in the big league. Yikes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, being able to throw the ball really hard doesn't automatically make you smart. Being able to match the ball over the fence doesn't make you a, a baseball genius that knows everything about Swing mechanics. Again, oh. again, the 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 uh, the benefit of analytics. Weren't a lot of these advanced stats and analysis tools created by people who didn't play baseball? Or a lot of times, it was people that played baseball, like growing up, or at, like some level. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. But there's no disinterest in the game from these people. They just yeah, didn't throw and a I mean, mile an hour fastball. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, that was our fun baseball take. We'll get a few takes going through here. Oh yeah, I I just stopped keeping track of all the terrible takes from like the Dodgers L.A. series because it was they were legion. We there are. were so many bad takes. So I think the worst one was the one you touched on, Justin, that the Giants had killed the Dodgers off. It just took them a week to die. Oh, yeah, that was dumb. I think Scott, you posted that one. I did see so I did see some Dodgers fans that were like posting or other Dodgers uh, sports writers posting like, by the way, we don't like these journalists over here in L.A. And they had tagged like Molly Knight and Plashkey and a bunch of other people like we don't like them. <laughs> they do not speak for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, we don't like them either. <laughs> I understand that. I, some of my least favorite people who've covered Georgia football. Um, our Georgia Homer media people won't say who, 
but uh, they annoy me. Mike, Mike Griffith. Uh. <laughs> he's God, he's not even he's not even actually a homer, which is weird. But he just like manages to like be a homer and also like an annoying fan that instigates things that doesn't like the team at the same time. Like in trying to find the right balance of medium, he averages out to balance, but at any given moment, he's like completely off. Yeah, he <laughs> he does go between like, oh, Kirby's just doing a, he's just forming an unstoppable machine, and then ah, oh, Kirby's effing up again. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing? But yeah, I get it. Like if uh, you know, Jeff Schultz writes some dumb thing and the AJC back in the day and like national people are like, I can't believe this is what the Braves think. And it's like, this is not what most Braves fans think. This is just no. Jeff Schultz just being his self. I thought we disowned him like two years ago. I mean, we did, but he's still writing. Not for AJC. What was the other guy who I feel like he Mark didn't Bradley. like? No, Terrence Moore. He didn't like anyone in Atlanta. That's true. Terrence Moore? Yeah, I think it was. He didn't like anyone. I was like, why do you write here? Just go somewhere else. <laughs> I wonder if the sports writer AJC has like a has to like share his office with I don't know. This joke I, is going very well. This joke <laughs> is going very well. I was thinking like an Eric Andre thing where you have like a guy hiding in a chair and he's just constantly ticking, tickling your balls and grabbing at your feet. <laughs> and that's like the chair where the sports writer sits. <laughs> Like, get me out of here. They keep it 90 degrees inside this office. Just my office. Everyone else is fine. All right, sports guy. Enjoy your Atlanta Falcons in their 6-10 and 10 season. Hey, we're 3-3 three and three now. I didn't expect us to be that. It's back on track with where the franchise has historically... Not, not always terrible, just, you know, mediocre. Slightly below average. Exactly. That's our sweet spot. Yeah. Okay, so very quickly, um, you guys have any uh, anything you want to say about the World Series starting tonight? Braves, Astros? Man, that feels good to say. Go Braves. Beat the ass-tros. Beat their ass-tros. <clears throat> if they show Adam LaRoche clips, I'm going to have PTSD. Oh God! If they show, you know they will. They're going to show the eighteen inning game where Chris Burke hits that home run. Or is it a home run? I can't remember. Off Joey Devine, you remember this? Joey Devine, who was pitching in college like two weeks earlier. It's like we're in the eighteenth inning. I guess we got to do something. <laughs> Ugh! I remember watching that game. I was home for the weekend from college. I thought I'll just watch the game. Then I'll go back to my to campus. And realized, okay, this game's not ending. So I listened to it all the way there, got to my dorm or apartment. I can't remember what year it was. And finished it at the, at the apartment. I think it was a sophomore. So I think it was the apartment. Ridiculous. It was insane. They're going to mention that for sure. Um, it seems like your, 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 uh, what's it called? Run of the mill. Astros have the best offense somehow, um, best offense in baseball, and uh, the Braves have the, the starting pitching edge because the Astros starting pitching is kind of a hot mess right now. I did see um, a clip of Jorge Solar 
absolutely crushing a ball inside the Astros oh, stadium yeah. during practice. That's beautiful. He's a big dude. He looks like a linebacker. And so when he gets a hold of one, they ain't cheapies. It's like it's like him, like Rosario, Albies, Swanson, and to some degree Freddie, not as much. They hit like normal home runs. But like Austin Riley, Solaire, they they're like they go way far. Jock Peterson, like they go super far. Right. Like I don't <clears throat> if I don't only have... if only we had the opportunity to DH Solaire in this series. It's a real shame that won't. Be. Wait, what? That's <laughs> there were Astros saying that they had the advantage in this series because the Braves didn't have anybody to DH. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember See, that. That's what I was about to say. Like I feel like perfect team to DH. We have too yeah. many outfielders. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't have the analytics or the research to really back this up, but I feel like the Braves could have gotten like maybe ten or fifteen extra wins this season had they played in the American League and they're not having to like work around a mediocre, sometimes piss poor bullpen. I don't know if it's that many wins. But Ten to fifteen wins is a lot of wins. Okay, how about how about eight wins? I'll split the. I don't think it's quite eight, but I will say I think the point is taken because the the thing you hear every year is like, oh, AL is harder because teams have to face more pitching or have to face more offense, so the pitching is more impressive. Everything all together is more impressive, which I understand why you would say that. I'm just eager for the day when the DH is universal because I think that's a little overstated. So, I don't know. Some people say you're messing with the gamesmanship, man. That is horseshit. Because I cannot stand. You shouldn't have to make that decision in a game, in a big game. Like, oh, we have a rally going. Do I pull my starter and ending four for like who? Like, what are we doing here? Like, let's just play not the even, game. Not even that. We shouldn't be paying freaking billion dollars to the industry. To watch people who suck at hitting and don't try to hit, do not practice hitting, go out there and just stand at the plate and wave the bat around a little bit. Like, awkward like nobody is like, oh, the NFL has instituted a rule where at the end of every quarter, uh, quarterbacks must play receiver for two plays. Like, well, that would be <laughs> insane. Why would you do that? It would be extremely dumb. Nobody the way we've always see, done it. It's the way. And nobody wants to see Tom Brady. Stand out wide and just stand there while they like run the ball up the middle and waste the play. That's what they're doing. That's exactly right. I just have a vision of Tom Brady having his hands on his hips the entire play. Oh yeah, yeah. Right there. Which is like, exactly or- what a lot of pitchers do. They stand at the plate and they just put the bat on their shoulder and they just stand there. Like they're told, and they're told to because they're like, you know, you don't you don't usually swing, and there's a chance that if you swing wrong, you'll like pull something. So just you know, just stand there. Anyhow, fun stuff. All right, who wins tonight? We have, I think it's Fam Bear something, Home Bear for the Astros and Charlie Morton tonight. Fam Bear Sanchez, something like that. That sounds like a fake name. No, he's he's real. It's Fram Bear Valdez. Valdez. I knew Fram Bear was right. I couldn't remember the other part. And his numbers are just kind of eh, whatever. They're not bad, not great. I have no idea. Like I, there, yeah, I don't have the faintest clue about how this. Game I think is. we're gonna win tonight. 
I think we haven't. We we just haven't. These teams never play each other ever. So there's nothing. nothing yeah, it's hard to see. tell, right? They don't, yeah, but Charlie haven't. remembers a lot of them, so I'm hoping maybe Charlie knows how to throw throw against them. Um, and usually I can't remember Scott when when two teams usually don't play is advantage pitching usually. Remember, that's a good question. Where's advantage I, hitting? It would in my head. I'm with you. I would think it would be advantage to the pitchers, mm. right? Especially just because, like, as games go on, hitters the advantage leans towards the hitters as you see the pitchers more and more, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would think. But yeah, it makes sense to be like, hey, these teams aren't that familiar with each other. Maybe the early advantage goes to the pitching staff. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll say go Braves because I have no clue. And, you know, I, I want I legitimately want them to win. This is Homer cast today. If you haven't figured that out yet, <laughs> I want the Braves to win the World Series. Our pitching. How dare you not be? How dare you not be? Bye. Yeah, this very journalist enterprise. I'm going to. I have a. I have sent my de, my degree from the Grady School of Journalism at the University of Georgia back to be rescinded. I renounce my title as journalist. If I had a blue check on Twitter, I would also submit that. But you know, um, as far as the odds go, the betting odds have it about fifty five forty five in favor oh. of the Astros tonight. Yep. Um, I have, I forgot to look at fan graphs. I don't know what they have. I think 538 <clears throat> has a pretty similar, about 55, 45. Um, I, I would guess. Um, fan graphs has it at 53, 47 in favor of the Astros. So slight lean towards the Astros. It makes sense. They're at home. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I will say they're batting their offense. Their bat there is really, really good. Like I might be better than the Dodgers. No, Jonathan. No one is better than the Dodgers. Oh wait, I'm but, sorry. The chosen I'm a, one. I'm currently getting hosed down by Plasky here in the corner for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, tonight go Braves. Sure, why not? Go Braves. Go, go sure. Barbs. Scott, are you able to watch? You got a meeting. Ooh, uh, let's see. Uh, I should be able to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, baseball's great when you win, right? Um, great. what a fun fun year. Um, let's say. Uh, do you guys want to touch on any college football before we wrap up at all? I got a I got a couple good. College football takes here real quick. For well, let's hear. Let's hear. Uh, one was from Matt Barry, who said, "Unless something goes horribly wrong internally slash externally, the earliest college football coaches should be fired is five years. To really implement a culture, cultivate a roster of your DNA and talent takes time." Ironically, Twitter with right now culture quotes has started to stain the sport. So, in case you're curious. This is an incredibly stupid take. Uh, Twitter is not the reason that coaches get fired <laughs> earlier than five years. The reason coaches get fired earlier than five years is pretty varied, right? Uh, sometimes the AD gets fired, a new AD comes in, they want their guy. Sometimes coaches are bad at their job. 
And when you're bad at your job, it doesn't always take five years to know you're bad at your job, right? Um, One of the big reasons coaches get fired earlier and earlier is because they're getting paid a ton of money. You're getting paid $5 million a year, not doing great at your job. People might not want to wait five whole years before they (laughs) fire you. And guess what? That's not related to Twitter, Mr. Matt, get off my lawn, Barry over here. <clears throat> the internet are the problem. Kids these days. And it definitely doesn't pertain to Coach O, whom I'm pretty sure this is who this is who we decide this yes. tweet is about. Yes. This yeah. is who he he or he tweeted this after Coach, the news about Coach O being fired came out. It's like, look, Coach O wasn't there for five years. He's there for like four, I guess. Four, yeah. Uh Hey, man, the problem was his culture. He got his culture implemented, and then the team started sucking. So it doesn't take five years to get things implemented. Usually after two or three years, you kind of already know where it's going. At least, I mean, not perfectly, but generally you have a general speaking. idea. Yeah. yeah, generally speaking. And so, sure, just sometimes people get upset after two or three years when you don't completely know everything. Yeah, that happens. but. Yeah, that's five years stuff. Total nonsense. Having a couple of women within who work within the athletic department also complain that he was hitting on them doesn't help his case either. I think yeah. that was in the athletic article that broke. Yeah, which is one probably true because there's been lots and lots of talk about Coach O. It was like when they won the national title, he was went through a divorce like right after that. Yeah, like right something. After. Yeah, like right, right after. And he has just been like horny on Maine very publicly ever since that divorce, <laughs> right? I so, got warm hot tiger blood going through my dick yeah. right now. A warm penis. <laughs> um, and so, you know, all kinds of stuff like him hitting on co-eds or just anything with two legs, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's been a bad look that combined with being very uh, him trying to play politics and trying to get into politics with the locker room last year during the COVID year, but him being big clunky Cajun coach O who is not a smooth politician and managing to like lose the entire locker room. And also they have like lots of other athletic, like sexual assault, related stuff from past years that's like being handled legally like hey you combine all of those things and two bad years record wise and like yeah you're getting fired nobody's gonna be like oh we need to wait around until the fifth year where Edo wants to molest somebody and lose six games then it counts oh boy he also sucked at his job like everybody who if we revisit the 2019 season we find he had more more of that season had to do with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady and less to do with Coach O, right? Yeah. So like, well, and, and it had to do with Dave Aranda being a really good defensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of interestingly, I know right now it's easy to be like, oh, it had nothing to do with Coach O. When Coach O got there, his model, like how he said, I want to run this program, was the like, CEO style head coach, right? Like he said, I want to be the recruiting energy, the face of the program, 
energy guy and I want to hire great coordinators and delegate to them and let them be good at their job, which is what they did when they won the national title and were awesome, right? Right. So like in a sense, that was the model he said he was going to do. So he has to get some credit for implementing it and having it work. The problem is that as great as those two coordinator hires were, they hired Bo Pelini, sight unseen, and that was a disaster, right? Um, the year before Joe Brady, they had Matt Canada and the offensive coordinator, and that was a complete disaster. Like, Matt Canada and Coach O were, like, arguing and fighting and practice and crap like that, and Matt Canada's whole offensive approach is basically to use motion all the time. Just as like constant window dressing, using tons of motion to get the defense confused. Yep. And halfway through the season, Coach O told him to stop using motion. <laughs> don't do it. He literally said, like, don't do the one thing you're known for for the whole rest of the season. Right? So that's not great. So yeah. it's, it's weird because his like CEO coach style, like in his short tenure, worked phenomenally well and was also a complete disaster. So <laughs> truly. Wild stuff. Yeah. Did you have any other college football takes? Yeah, we got a good one. Uh, man, this is a, a classic. All right, Dan Wilkin. If you're staying up on the East Coast to watch Washington, Arizona, seek help. And a uh, quote tweeted by Josh Pate. <clears throat> I always stay up to watch college football games, so I sought a career in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be one of the best owns of Dan Wolken ever on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Man, that's good. Yeah. I think I yeah, I actually like Josh Pate's show. He uh he definitely likes getting underneath people's skin sometimes, but I think he's pretty honest. And he's, he likes football, so I like people who like football. Yeah, that part of it is nice, right? Imagine that. Some people actually like football. <laughs> uh, I mean, a similar take I thought was funny was uh, Graham Coffey, who's a Georgia football guy. He said something to the effect of, it was talking about the, was it Illinois was playing Penn State in a really sloppy game? And he's like, oh, oh, football hell is being forced to watch yes. this game on repeat in eternity. <laughs> Which, by the way, it nearly went on for eternity with nine overtimes. <laughs> low, scoring over, low scoring overtime game. That's amazing. It was, I mean, they went five straight overtimes without anybody scoring. So that's <laughs> ten straight failed two-point conversions. Oh, man. That's Love bad. It. Oof. That's real bad. Ugh. So uh, did y'all know it's it's hate week for the sticking with the Homer casting? Did y'all know it's hate week for the the Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah, the Florida Gators. We're hating them. Oh yeah, hating on them real hard. So uh, easy to do nowadays. I there's a you know I like to hate on the Dodgers. I like to hate on um, a lot of teams, but I don't think there's any unit in sports I hate more than the Florida Gators football squad. Yeah, it's true. I was talking about this with somebody the other day that college football is the best schadenfreude sport where you just take joy in watching other teams oh, yeah. fail and lose. Um, and nothing is more true for that for me than for Florida. It's like, yeah. oh man, it's like 
win. You know, it's like, we blew out some top 10 team or whatever. And it's like, oh, whatever, we won. Cool. But Florida lost. Oh, baby, <laughs> that's the good stuff. Like, Wait, yeah. Like, I'm not, watching, I'm not watching Georgia Kentucky highlights on loop. But am I watching LSU run counter just over and over <laughs> and over again? Oh, you know it. <laughs> oh man, the worst rush, one of the worst rushing offenses in the SEC getting they were over terrible. 300 yards on the ground against Todd Grantham's defense. Is he still employed there? Not for he long, is, but yes. He's like shadow employed. There's a lot of rumors that he's basically already been fired, but he's uh, just okay. like the walking dead. <laughs> um, <clears throat> which, by the way, they're... Speaking of the Walking Dead, uh, their recruiting class, all the good defensive players, which Yelch. is like two of them, have all decommitted and are probably going to end up at Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. Yeah, I we we talked earlier on the podcast about is Dan Mull on the hot seat, and we said kind of not really. I think he might actually be on the hot seat now. Well, what we said way back when I remember we said that between Coach O and Dan Mullen. They were both coming into the season like hot seat adjacent, where they weren't like maybe super on the hot seat, but they were hot seat adjacent. And then at least one of them would be super firmly on the hot seat by the end of the season, if not both of them. Well, Coach O was super got hot seat real quick. <laughs> <laughs> that one just accelerated. Um, and Dan Mullen is still, I think, on like the pseudo hot seat kind of. They're still how they look against Georgia, how they finish up the season, and how the recruiting class goes has a lot to say with whether he's like coming into next year hot seat adjacent or really on the hot seat, and who they hire as defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. If he finishes, if he doesn't bounce back the recruiting class, and maybe has another loss to a team that they, it's generally accepted that they should beat. I don't know. He might right. be on the like, hot seat real fast. Let's say they actually play a pretty close game against Georgia or something, which is like totally a fun. very reasonable yeah. outcome without actually, you know, yeah, it doesn't have to be too crazy for it to be a, a pretty competitive game here, right? And then let's say they go on and win the rest of their games they're supposed to win and they hire a good defensive coordinator, <clears throat> or at least it's a hire that everybody's excited about and you get a little bit of recruiting momentum at the end. It's very easy to see how people might be excited about the Dan Mullen's tenure moving forward, even without much actually having changed, right? Right. God, they should really win all these games after Georgia. But, man, they, they could mess around and lose to Florida State. Dan Mullen's body language has changed through the season. Like, after the LSU game, he looked just personally and physically defeated. And he's usually just, you know, a swarmy smartass at the podium. Well, he still is. <clears throat> they asked him about the quarterback spot uh, at a press conference recently. And he was like, well, has Georgia announced their starting quarterback? Oh, well, look at that. And they're the number one team. Like, Dan. <laughs> that seems so, so dumb. That seems to be the thing for Florida fans that they want to see the most is will Anthony Richardson be game ready before the end of this season? Because I think they've all given up on Emory Jones being their guy. If only we could have known that already from having watched Emory Jones play. Uh, South Carolina has no chance to beat Florida, right? They're three and five. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably it would take a 
it would take a real collapse. Oh, that reminds me. Somebody posted something in Discord, which I thought was the. It's probably the best take I saw was when they lost. Um, recent who did they lose to this past weekend? Was it South Missouri? Carolina? Yeah. Oh, they lost to Mizzou. Is that who it was? No, I might be wrong. Don't quote me. Let me see. Um, I'll make sure I get it right. They got blown out by Texas A&M. Which, oh, okay. I mean, oh yeah, they got super blown out. Yeah, it was like 44-14, but those 14 points came in garbage time. Yeah. It was really like 44 to nothing. Somebody on South Carolina Message Board said, like, can we can we switch conferences to like the AAC or Conference USA? Because <laughs> we don't belong here. <laughs> no, I mean that game was that game was bad. Like you're talking about the scores being late. I think that was one of those games where like took late garbage time for them to like crack 100 yards of offense. Oh. <clears throat> like they finished with 185 yards of offense and that's because they had let's see in the fourth quarter yeah, they had a like a 60-yard drive late in the fourth quarter to score a touchdown with like a minute and a half left. Mhm. And yeah, they had they had two long touchdown drives in the after they were down 44 nothing. Prior to that, they had like 60 yards of offense. That's no bueno. Yeah. I mean, they kind of got the, they have a little bit of the Florida complex, but a little on the smaller scale. You know, if you take away the Steve Spurrier years from South Carolina, you're looking at a team that performed, a program that performs at a, like a decent G5 level, probably. You know, but because they got to taste some of the glory of Steve Spurrier, they think they're, they, Part of their fan base still, or I think a lot of their fan base believes they could still belong in the the heavyweights of the SEC. I don't know. I don't know if they they're still. I don't know if there's room at the table for them at this point. Make it happen. But that, gosh, sorry, I I hate Florida so much. <laughs> like they could, they could still, they could still beat Georgia. You know, but I really hope we crush them this year. Because I really... Because Florida is one of those programs, they really insist that they're one of the best programs of all time in college football, but they insist that nothing counts, nothing in their history counts before the year 1990. So, I mean, they're kind of like, if you think about it, they're kind of the Clintons of college football. They got rich in the 90s. Uh, had some had low key had some scandals uh, along the way. A few people died, probably. Talking about yeah. Anyway, I don't know if this joke's gonna land. I don't uh, know where it's going, so I'm interested to see. <laughs> is Dan Basically. Mullen? Is Dan Mullen Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> not not as well be. I was gonna say like yeah, you've hung around, you're relevant, but nobody likes you, and you're definitely not. You're not who you used to be. Anyway, screw Florida. Screw him. I hate him. I hate him. That's that's all I got, folks. Got got any parting thoughts for us? Ooh. Yeah, I really hope we just absolutely Florida. That's my parting thought as well. I I won't be surprised if it's actually a, a real game. I think. Florida will start Anthony Richardson 
at quarterback, and it'll be a little more dangerous on offense, and I'm sure they'll have saved some plays, right? Yeah. For this game and stuff like that. And Mullen's kind of coaching for his job, right? But there's also a chance that they just throw three or four or five interceptions like they have in games this season, and it gets ugly. And well, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, that's been sort of the, the caveat Anthony Richardson. Yeah, he can run, he can throw, but uh, he's made some questionable decisions. Yeah, the well, the thing is, for them, Emory Jones has done that as well, right? Emory right. Jones has thrown a ton of picks. So that's why I think people are so on Mullen to, to make the switch, right? Because it's not like, you know, Emory Jones is running the offense and keeping things moving and like, you know, making smart veteran decisions. He's thrown nine interceptions. Yeesh. Yeah, so it's kind of silly, right? Like if, if Emory Jones did not have a million interceptions, <clears throat> then it would make a lot more sense, right? You know, you're like, well, he's taking care of the ball and getting us the right plays and he's still a good runner and all that. But nine interceptions is a lot. Yeah. Now, granted, Anthony Richardson has three interceptions and he has like a third as many passes. So he's right on track to have just as many interceptions. Yeah. But he's a better runner. Yeah. Who do you think is going to play quarterback for Georgia? Probably Daniels. I think he's probably going to be healthy. It seems like. Yeah. Just from the general timeline of like how long it takes pitchers to come back from these types of injuries, that he should be pretty good to go. And based on the timeline of like how much and how far he's been able to throw at like practices for the last couple of weeks, as it like slowly progresses kind of thing. Just the, the trend of it seems to put him at like pretty healthy and ready to go as of, like, a week before the Florida game, which means healthy enough to have a normal week of practice and be the starter. If he's playing, then, yeah, I feel pretty good about it because he's, last year and this year, has been really, really good on third downs. The offense with him has been really, really good on third downs. Is Todd Grantham good <clears throat> on third down? Uh, funny yes, Justin. <laughs> right. So, as you can imagine, this is a very favorable third down matchup, right? When you have JT Daniels, who's like Tom Brady on third down, and Todd Grantham, who is like a toddler with the controller not plugged in on third down. <laughs> so, so if that's the case, right, even if it's like kind of a close game or a competitive game, I would feel good about it because it just feels like, okay, well, we'll always be able to get, maybe not always, but often be able to get third down conversions when we need it, right? Like, if it's a close game and he's playing and we need a couple first downs for a field goal, I'm like, yeah, we're good. Yeah. I would like to see JT play. I will, if Stetson plays, I don't think I'll, I'm not going to, like, pitch a fit because I think we can still win with Stetson, but I, th I think I'm with you, Scott. I think, I, I think JT probably maybe a more favorable matchup for Georgia. Mm -hmm. Gives us a more favorable matchup. So, I mean, we were blowing them out last year. That's, he got hurt, so it can happen. <laughs> uh, funny you should mention that, Scott, because I was paying attention to Florida fans on Twitter today, and they were saying, oh, you know, they pulled Stetson 
halfway through the game last year with a worse defense. Like, they didn't say, like, oh, you mean when his shoulder got absolutely destroyed and he couldn't throw yeah. anymore? <laughs> After throwing to a guy who caught his first career touchdown and then absolutely destroyed his ankle in the end zone? That play? Ugh. Anyway, Florida sucks. Gators wear jean shorts. Gators wear jean shorts. All right, y'all. Go Braves. Go Barbs. Go Braves. Ha. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey everyone, thanks again for listening to the show and uh go Braves. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens in the World Series. Maybe we're still in it by the time you listen to this. I don't know. I hope we have something to celebrate the next time we get on the show. If you like this show, be sure to tell a friend, rate and review, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye.